I'm sorry. I'm extremely sorry. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. And you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. And you never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome along to a long overdue Fantasy Dingo, Dingo Unchained podcast. I am the Fantasy Dingo. With me today is our seven-time winner of the Hoboken All-You-Can-Eat 4th of July Oyster Challenge, Adam Risman from New York. How you doing, Adam? Great, great new uh, new intro. Uh, that really had me, had me hyped and had me believing, had me believing in the, the promise of the future and the seasons to come and drafts and Well, he's the, uh, he's the most inspirational man in sports. It's great to have him back on the sporting field. We'll talk a little bit more about Tim. I mean, maybe later in the show. Who knows? There's not a lot of Tim news that's new. I feel like Tim news is really going to peak around August, uh, where we see if he makes the practice squad or not. But today, we really wanted to focus on the, ro- the draft coming up. The NBA playoffs are finally over. Any last thoughts on you in the playoffs? Did you watch many of the games? Were you excited? Were you? Did you feel bad for the Cavs? Did you feel bad for LeBron? Or were you on the Golden State Warriors uh, hype train like most other people? You know, I um, I was sad for J.R. Smith. Really wanted to see J.R. get his ring. Uh, I did get to see him on a hoverboard drinking a Coors Light after he was uh, his Cavs were eliminated, um, whisking his way out of the uh, Quicken Loans Arena for presumably Speaking of JR for a second there, I, we were going to break into some news in a second and go through a couple of the more interesting free agents, but where do you see JR next year? If you don't see him back in Cleveland, he certainly didn't. Uh, he sort of just uh, slinked away at the end of the season there, but uh, where do you see him popping up for, for next year and what sort of role player, impact role do you see him having on a team? I need to get JR back in a, um, a mass media market, you know, and it's good as the isolation of Cleveland was for his game. It wasn't good for our entertainment. No. Uh, I got a couple a couple spots for you that I would like to see CJR that could benefit from his skills. Uh, first is to have him back in uh, in my neck of the woods in Brooklyn for the Nets. Oh yeah. They uh, they might ship Joe Johnson out, and you're gonna need someone to score some points on a god awful team. Yeah. And Jared would be good at that, but it's perfect. Let me let me run this one by you. Let's say Dwayne Wade leaves oh. Miami. JR couldn't handle JR in South Beach. Uh, if there's one thing that's been very heavily reported, it's that he really shone there in, in Cleveland where there was absolutely zero nightlife. So what could he do? I mean, maybe the inverse could work. Maybe he needs the ultimate nightlife. Uh, maybe he could pick up a cameo in the second season of Ballers if he was down there. Or maybe just a full walk-on role in seasons two, three, and four if you've got a three-year contract. I love JR in, in Miami. I think that's the perfect spot for him. We gotta, we gotta make it happen. We just need to start a uh, get a get 
going. I'd hate to see him end up somewhere like. I'd hate to see him end up somewhere like Utah or Charlotte or something like that, where he can't really sort of can't really shine. I mean, Cleveland, he was close enough to to New York and the East Coast that that he was close to the party, the parties and party city. But uh, it worries me if he would move to somewhere like Denver or Utah. I, I, he'd probably never sign there. What about Sacramento? I mean, they <laughs> actually let's just let's just get straight in the news because Sacramento is the first the first piece of news I wanted to talk Thanks to you about. For the Snakes are in the grass. Uh, they're du- certainly dumb enough to sign J.R. Smith to a long-term deal over there, uh, even though they've got about a million shooting guards. What is happening there with Boogie Cousins? Uh, George Carl has, it's been reported, he has an intense desire to trade Boogie. Uh, my question for you, is this true? If so, why is he trying to move Boogie, the only good thing to be happening in Sacramento right now? And if it was to happen... Where would you see a great landing spot for Boogie Cousins in uh, season 2015-2016? George Carl does not get along with star players. I don't know what it is. He uh, led to Mello getting out of Denver uh, way back in uh, Seattle Superphonic Court. I don't know if you, uh, you're familiar. You might have met one of his sons on the street. I don't know. The guy named Sean Kent. Oh, yeah. I've seen many of his sons around here. And Sean himself. George. George Usher, Sean Kemp out of Seattle. Uh, he uh, drove Andre Iguodala crazy in Denver. Uh, I don't know what George is doing. Supposedly George only took this job so that he can get into the next rung and be the second winningest coach of all time. And uh, that's not going to happen if they trade Boogie. What are they doing? He's got that look about him, and this is completely an uninformed perspective. But he's just got to look about him, George Carl, that he could be like a crotchety old piece of shit. And that's that's just purely from uh, looking at Google image search and uh, and taking a look at him today. Um, he looks like a bit of a turd. Boogie is the only good thing that's happening in Sacramento right now. Uh, Rudy Gay just got a little bit better, but is still pretty much an unmitigated disaster. But they're looking to move Rudy as well, all for... Uh, Ty Lawson and a couple of other nuggets, maybe Fareed as well. If you if you had to move Boogie, do you see this Denver deal getting done? This Lakers deal they're talking about? Do you see that his destination, or is there somewhere else that you think he might end up? As much as I would love to see Boogie and Kobe Bryant sharing the floor together for one year, wow. ripping each other's head off, uh, I'd be really sad if he he goes to the Lakers. That's just <coughs> I need them. Excuse me. I need to toil in mediocrity for much, much longer. Um, I'd like to see, you know, Denver's interesting because George Carl basically just wants to get his Nuggets band back together. And Mike Malone is now in Denver as the old general manager for the Kings. Yes, D'Alessandro. So they could essentially recreate two bad teams in two different places. Um, But... Boogie with Brad Stevens. Or, or, trade him to Washington for Washington's pick this year, Washington's pick next year, Bradley Beal and Otto Porter, plus salary filler, and get him and John Wall back together, then hire Calipari. Oh, wow. See, I really, I like him in Washington a lot more than Boston. I, I don't see how he works with IT2 in Boston. Those two have a... Uh, well-established 
they had a well-established falling out in Sacramento, so I can't see it working out well from there. I liked him in Washington a lot, getting back together with John Wall. I also like the idea of him in New York. I'd love to see him work in the, the triangle offense. He could be the only hope there for Phil Jackson to to get a, a shred of dignity. And I, it would, I would not put it past Phil to trade away his uh, first-round pick this year and maybe even a pick, uh, a future first-round pick as well. That's true. Just this year's. They, uh, I think Toronto has their next pick from the um, Bargnani trade. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Uh, The Knicks are so terrible. Uh, There was one of your uh, fellow co-workers emailed me a link today that the Knicks were out at some restaurant with uh, Kevin Moody this Mm -hmm. week. Fantastic! They're throwing uh, throwing pastries and desserts in New York. Uh, well, we'll see what happens with Boogie. We'll see what happens with the Kings. We'll get into the Kings draft strategy in a few a few minutes here. But I wanted to talk about a couple other free agents. Uh, Dwayne Wade. You've already alluded to the fact that he might be out of Miami. Do you see him heading out of there? Do you see him sticking around at the Heat? Uh, if you're his, his agent, if you're Henry Thomas, what do you advise uh, D Wade to do this this off season? He's not going to get that. No. But uh, it's not happening. He's got no knees. He's got no knees. He, uh, you know, maybe they can like just sit him out until March. Just have him not show up till March. Yep. Uh, and maybe he'll make it through the playoffs. But uh, I think he's got to stay in Miami because he has no leverage. None of these other teams, the Clippers, the Bulls, the uh, Cavs, they, they can't pay him anything. Yeah. So he has, he has no leverage. Um, I, I personally just want to see Dwayne in whatever the saddest place would be, um, which is why I'd like the team on the Lakers. <laughs> they they have money to pay us and are crazy enough to do it. Dwayne and Kobe playing next to each other? He and Kobe. And there's fairly mutual interest. And that's <laughs> our door. Oh, wait. So you were talking to me earlier in the week about uh, positionless basketball. So do you see a role on the Lakers? Do you see a starting five with Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, uh, Jordan Clarkson, and J.R. Smith all in the same starting five in the, the smallest ball, small ball lineup but, of all time? Do you think J.R. does the Lakers too? And Lakers, yeah. J.R. also at the Lakers. No one should ever give us GM jobs. This is great. Uh, I see that for about one to two games. Until Kobe Bryant and or Dwayne Wade become inevitably injured. Mm. That's a Who good point. Who plays center for that team? Does Julius Randle play center? I think Julius Randle plays center. Or Boogie Cousins plays center. We will see. Uh, D Wade is is in or out of Miami. Kevin Love, the news just broke this afternoon. He's opted out of his contract. Are we going to see him at the Cavs next year? Or do you see him as another one of these sort of mysterious Boston targets? It seems like Boston's targeting anyone, any kind of superstar, anyone who can who can average 20 and 10 or close to it. They're just trying to... Someone, someone eventually will take their money, their chowder, or Sam Adams, go to the Cape, get caught, play some games. Eventually it's going to happen. Uh, I think Kevin Love would, would do well there because the offense would be centered around him, be great for his uh, his fantasy value. Yep. Yeah. 
interesting. Isn't Phoenix interesting right now? Where, where, yeah, where, where, where would you fear best? Kevin, I see. I think he should stay at the Cavs. I think he should. I think he should take another contract there. Um, I think the Cavs should move Tristan Thompson. I think they they. Uh, you can't. You can't do that because LeBron's poison agent. I know. I think that's the problem. I think they. I think there's a little bit too much power in the in in LeBron yeah, just LeBron. wanting his boys, and uh, and. I think Tristan Thompson showed in the playoffs that he doesn't offer enough scoring that's needed out of the four for for the Cavs. Um, you know, you've got you've got a natural scorer there in LeBron, but then Kyrie himself is obviously a scorer. But you know, you you need someone else there who's going to generate points and then and can also rebound. Tristan Thompson had a big chance in the playoffs to push him to push himself. And they've got all these salary cap problems, so they can't they can't keep three guys, LeBron, Love, and Tristan Thompson, who all need big minutes at, at power forward. So I would move Thompson and I would have Cavs re- uh, Love re-signing with the Cavs. I don't know that that's what's gonna happen, but that's what I would do if I was if I was the Cavs and Kevin Love. So where where does this leave Delavadova? Delhi he's he's either gonna get I can't see him getting another contract with the Cavs, unfortunately. Um, you gonna get overpaid by the Timberwolves? That's what happened to JJ Barea. Yeah, I can see him getting overpaid by a, a very small market team. I could see him ending up in, uh, dare I say it, Sacramento. I could see him in. Uh, I'd love to see him in Utah, sort of just uh, just bringing along the young Dante Exum and having another Australian element. They experimented with uh, big Aussie Joe Inglis there this year, and uh, he was a great influence on Dante Exum. So I could see them maybe bringing him in as well. Um, maybe New Orleans. I can I can just see him going to one of those uh, like a smaller market team, getting a little bit too much cash, and uh, but I, I don't see him back at the Cavs again next year. Sacramento, Sacramento. I like <laughs> Delavanova, Sacramento. Yeah, I like him there. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of guards, Monta Ellis just opted out of your Cavs to, out of your uh, your Mavs today. I don't know how you feel about this. It, I'm, pouring, I'm pouring one out. I'm pouring some uh, water onto my whip board here. I mean, he's There's a too much Monte He's a great shooter, but apparently the rumors were that he was responsible for a lot of the shitty chemistry that went down last year. Too too much Monte. They told him if he opted in, they were going to trade him. So in order for him to control his destiny, he uh, he had to opt out. Um, interestingly, I saw something today that Atlanta. Meeting with him. Oh wow! He's like a really terrible fit. Wow. Uh, Monte is he needs to reach his destiny that he had in Milwaukee. Uh, good stats, bad team guy. Uh, you know, the perfect person for your fantasy team. Just yeah. Someone that you have. To, someone on every team has to score points. Might as well be this guy. Uh, I could see that being. Um, well, maybe not a bad team, but Indiana, I think, would be intriguing. Indiana could be good. I had a team for you. Interested to see what you think. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte needs shooting. Uh, there's a lot of talk they're going to pick up some shooting in the draft tomorrow night. But I, I could see him in Charlotte uh, after they just traded Lance over to the Clips. Well, the problem that they have with Lance is Lance needs the ball on his hands, and uh, so does Kendall Walker. Yeah. And that's what went wrong with Monte and Rondo is they took the ball out of Monte's hands and it to Rondo. Uh, so, why do I keep thinking all these guys make fits on the Kings? All these terrible players. 
you can make a great a great Kings dysfunctional team out of out of all these guys that we're talking about. A lot of shooting on the market this free agency season. D Wade. A lot of scores. A lot of guys like the ball in their hands. Speaking of guys who like the ball in their hands, uh, the last one I want to talk to you about, this went down earlier this week. Uh, Lance and The Truth have both gone and been traded or signed with the Clips. Uh, why is What's happening over there? With the, with... the Truth isn't there yet. He isn't there yet. He might be going back to Boston. No. I thought he, I thought it was a done deal almost. Well, they, they, can't, they can't sign any contracts until like July 7th. team that's exciting how, how fun would that be? i love that team so wait you've got uh it2 or marcus smart probably marcus smart starting it2 off the bench yeah avery bradley avery bradley uh paul pierce yeah 37 year old paul pierce how old is he now He's 37. Damn. So 37-year-old Paul Pierce, Kevin Love, who's not uh, not a proven superstar, and Robin Lopez, who is a proven superstar. I like that Kelly team. Kelly Olynyk, who's a proven superstar. Kelly Olynyk banging. Well, they might have to move Kelly to get one of those guys, right? Are all those guys free agents? Maybe to get Kevin Love, because they probably don't like each other. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Danny Ainge hasn't counted on the bad blood, bad blood that's that's lingering over the Kelly Olynyk shoulder wrenching. That's the other thing to think about with Love. He must be so pissed that he missed out on that season, on that series, the last two series there. And that, how, how screwed is this Clippers team with DeAndre leaves? Uh, they're they're pretty bad. I mean, they just traded Spencer Hawes, so they don't. I don't think they've got a backup big right now. So they're pretty screwed. They, they must be. He's going to fly back to Seattle every second weekend and hang out. Uh, they must be pretty confident that they can re-sign DeAndre by the fact that, that they move Spence. You never know. You do never DeAndre know. DeAndre likes to throw up the X with Des Bryant. So. But the big que- I would not be shocked to see him in a Mavs uniform. The big question is, is, is Lance and how you feel Lance fits in with this Clips team and how you think Lance is going to get along with CP3 and Blake. Uh, it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna go down in flames. I can't wait to watch all of it. I'm mandatory week past viewing. You know it's good when the GM slash coach is coming out, and one of the first things he says is, "Well, if it doesn't work out, it's only a year." That's how confident he is that things are gonna work out well with Lance. It's only it's only it doesn't work out for Teacher America. It's only two years of the Delta. Don't worry, we'll make it out. <laughs> We'll make it out. We'll make it out alive. Uh, that's about all the big news that we've got this week, except for one more thing, which is that Ballers Episode 1 premiered on Sunday night. The Rock playing this uh, the role that he was born to play, I think, uh, as the, the football star turned finance guy. I think he's a finance he's a guy. He's a draft board, yeah. He, well, remember, he was only hired for his accent. 
This might be predictable, but I'm going to give it a 6.9 out of 10. Uh, I thought that it had a lot of things I loved. I loved uh, the clubs. The club scenes were great. Very much I felt like I was part of Miami. Miami looked very pretty this time of year. Uh, I feel like I do have to give it a second a second viewing at some stage. I couldn't quite work out. There were a couple of plot issues for me. I couldn't quite work out. I knew he was brought in for his access, but he's a finance guy, right? He's a money guy. He's not an agent. I thought it was going to be about an, a player-turned-agent, so I was kind of disappointed there. Oh, no, you got that uh, real, real uh, douchey guy named Jason. Jason. Jason is the name of the agent. Jason oh. the white agent. He did. I listen, I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.59. Wow. Add a .69 to your .9. And here's why. Because Steven Jackson talks about buying an elephant for like $265,000 cash outside of a nightclub. And it was just one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen. So poignant and true to life. It was, that, uh, it was great. Give the nod to the writers there. It was great to see Steven Jackson relevant again. That was that was really nice to see. I uh, the one thing I would like to happen during the season, they talking about all these cameos that are going to happen. I am looking for a Chad Ochocinco cameo. That's the one thing I feel could really elevate it to the next level, and not even a cameo, maybe just a role. I you know I would personally like it if, uh, if Chad Ochocinco became became another money manager, maybe joins in the firm. Yes. Uh, with, with The Rock. Yes. As Chad just as himself. Play, his, play himself. Yeah, absolutely. The ultimate acting challenge. I'd love to see Chad in there. Uh, there's a rumor of, I think, a Victor Cruz cameo coming up. Um, uh, I, I saw that in the trailer. And, and some, other, some other stars. So I think it's good. It showed great potential. Uh, the Rock, I thought, was impeccable. And and I wanted to know in that first scene when they're going back through his career, do you think it was The Rock actually in that uniform making those hits? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I thought so no too. No question. The, uh, the, Rock was a, the Rock was a stud at the University of Miami as a defense man, or a D-lineman. He got hurt. And a guy named Warren Sapp, uh, Hall of Famer, most recently known for uh, getting uh, arrested in a prostitution sting, sting in a, in a BJ action, uh, took his job, and he got hurt, and never recovered, so he became The Rock. Well, it's, you know, some things happen for a reason. I think The Rock would I back thought, me up when I, I say that. through this IMDb page and all the people that are in one episode, Yeah, got some real interesting people. You got a guy named G-Rod, who's in one episode. You got yeah. a guy named Tug Coker, who's in one episode. Tug? Tug Coker. Coker. A lot of good names. Well, we'll see how it progresses uh, and check back in, but I would definitely recommend uh, looking that up. Ball is it's taking the place of Silicon Valley on Sunday nights at HBO, which is a very interesting swap. But, um, but Adam, enough about these, these free agency things and these, these little trivial things. Of course, the big thing we want to talk about this week is the draft. Uh, it's happening tomorrow night. It's the most exciting night of the year, or it's on a par with the most exciting night of the year. What do you think is more exciting, the NFL draft or the NBA draft? I, I have to say the, uh, the NBA draft, the mm. four trades, mm-hmm. it's all in one night, mm-hmm. not four days. Yep. Uh, they, get, they get to wear much better snapbacks, yep. better suits, uh, and uh, you get to listen to Adam Silver on stage rather yeah. than Roger Goodell. It's a lot more, it's a nicer, like, self-contained event. It's almost, it's only rivaled by your own fantasy draft. 
in August, September. Like, that's the only thing that probably rivals this night uh, throughout the year. So it's very exciting. There have been a lot of great uh, mocks. Chad Ford's been doing a great job. He's I think he's up to mock draft number 12 on uh, on ESPN Insiders. I wanted to go down and just get your top 10. There's no not enough time to go through the, the full first round. The top 10's pretty exciting, though. There's some, some real talents. I think there's a, there's a fairly set upon, set upon uh, many of these four or five guys, guys who people think are going to be real talents. There's another group of five or six guys behind them. Uh, let's go down from one through ten, and I just want to see who you've got. Have you got trades in your list? Are you are you are you anticipating trades, or or are you just going I, down I with? Do, a... I do anticipate some trades, yep. but um, I'm not quite sure where and what yet. I think I think we're probably pretty set on the first three, right? You got Carlisle Towns going to the Wolves, Okafor to the Lakers at two, and D'Angelo Russell the Seventy Sixers at three. Well, I feel like that's pretty much set. No, no, I disagree. No. I disagree. No, where, where, where do you see this Do you have a Zinger in there? I've got a Zinger in here. So I've got I've got Towns to the to the Timberwolves. I think that seems like a done deal. Apparently, Flip Saunders is a massive Okafor fan, but he's been talked around to taking Towns at one. So I think that's that looks like it's as set in stone as it can be. Twenty four hours out, uh, the Lakers. I have D'Angelo Russell going to the Lakers, and and here's why. I think. I think they need. They know they need an upgrade on Clarkson. I think they they feel they can maybe attract a big man come free agency either this year or next year. Maybe it's Kevin Love, uh, and maybe it's maybe it's. I mean, who knows? But I think they see the the point guard position and the importance of the point guard position. Maybe I'm giving the Lakers too much credit here, but they see the importance of the point guard position in today's NBA. So I think they take Russell second, and I think the Sixers take the zinger. Porzingis, because they're crazy like that. Like, why wouldn't they take Porzingis? It's exactly the kind of guy who they go for. It's a guy in a stack position. Uh, I don't know if you saw the 10-minute uh, draft combine workout tape of the Zinger. It was very... Uh, it, brought, it brought me back to the days of Yu Ji Young Lin and his, uh, his uh, chair workout. It was beautiful. <laughs> he, showed, he shows great promise shooting on a court with no one else on the court. He's, he's really fantastic. He's an asset... And I think even though they're stacked at, at the four and five, I I think they take the zinger there, which means that Okafor for me drops to the Knicks at number four, which I think the Knicks would be so happy with. Oh, the Knicks the Knicks would be enamored with that, but I don't think it's happening. I think the the Lakers, when they fail to get Boogie, will not be able to pass on a Okafor Julius Randle front line. It is appealing. So then we we get to four though, and if if we have Towns, Okafor, Russell go one two three. Yeah. How do the Knicks screw this up? Do they try to trade the pick? They trade the pick. Do they pick. take the poor Zinger? Do they do something wild to take a Willie Colley-Stein? I, I, this is the one thing. I've got Colley-Stein a little bit lower than this, the number four. But I think regardless of who goes at four, the Knicks fuck up this pick somehow. They either trade it uh, for a, a shitty veteran um, or they or they they make a bad pick. They maybe make a reach for, uh, for Colley-Stein or... Or maybe Justice Winslow at number four. I okay. I'm gonna. I got Porzingis there, but I think it's, it's Porzingis to be traded. Uh, Boston's got a couple first round picks. They mm-hmm. might be able to move up. Yep. Um, I, I think that Porzingis goes at four, whether it's the Knicks or not. I think if he does go to the Knicks, he's going to be. Uh, he, he will be the next Eugene Lin. Yeah. Um, 
through my picks. Go on. Five through ten, and you 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 stop me when you uh when you disagree. At number five, I have Justice Winslow. Stop there. Magic. Stop there. I disagree. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the tape from Europe on Mario. Do you call it Hazonja? 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 He is he is a beast. He is a balling beast. And I have him at number five going to the Magic. You're going to love this then because I have Hazonja at number six to the Kings. I mean, that is that is the perfect place for Hazonja. He could own that team once they ship Boogie out of there. I, dis- you know, <laughs> I disagree though. I, um, a Vladi does, oh, Vladi would love to have Hazonia or Porzingis on that team. Uh, I have them, I have the Kings being the ones who make the stupid reach for Willie Colley Stein. I think they will, they will make that mistake and they'll be looking for a boogie, uh, a boogie replacement and Colley Stein, I think they could, could easily go to the Kings at number six. Well, I think they could play together because Colley Stein will play the five, you move Boogie to the four. Yeah, that's true. That would be a, a dominant front line and they both, they both put the Maybe they both understand each other. Maybe get through. That's a Boogie. that's a twin towers uh, set up there for the Kings. I love that actually. I have Willie Cauley Stein at number seven to the Nuggets. Oh, see, that's where I have Justice Winslow going. I like Cauley Stein on the Nuggets, uh, and I also like Winslow on the Nuggets. I think Winslow could uh, the Nuggets could they just kind of have to take a good player there. I think, and if his if Hazonia doesn't go earlier, I see him maybe being a potential Nugget as well. Wait, so you've so you haven't said Moutier yet either. I have Moutier going to the Pistons at number eight. Oh, we finally agree. We finally agree on one. I've got Moutier there as well. Allowing them to distance themselves from Reggie Jackson that was someone else overpaid. Fucking Reggie Jackson. He really didn't I don't think you made the most of that of that move to the Pistons. Uh he didn't he didn't realise that it was an audition. He thought it was a, a coronation. You know, he really thought that he'd made it. This is his team now, but didn't realize that that it's not yet. So I I don't mind Moutier there either. It sounds like uh, sounds like he's had a tough, a good, tough season in China. I still I still think he could be a great player, but it just seems like his draft stock is tumbling a little bit right now. Well, uh, how will he stand there and get along? I, I probably quite well. I mean, he seems to be a hard worker. He moved. He said he moved to China. There was a really good Sports Illustrated article about it. He said he moved to China because his family was, uh, his mum was working ten hours a day. China offered, you know, to pay and to put him up and stuff and and some good hard basketball. I think the challenging thing is he's come back and he's kind of Dante Exum to the year a little bit. He he has stayed out of the spotlight. He's refused to work out individually. He's refused to go to the combine. He's only worked out for a couple of teams in groups, refused to do individual workouts. So I think that's hurting his draft stock a little bit. But I, I think he could be good at the Pistons. And like you say, it means they can uh, move on from the, the Reggie experiment. Wait, so he, he left out the part about his uh, high school prime prep bombed by Deion Sanders had to be shut down because they, uh, it wasn't properly accredited. And he may not have ever been eligible for that reason and also might have been connected to uh, some agents and paydays. Uh, hey. Hey, the guy is just trying to get it how he lives. Hey, I can't preach. Preach. <laughs> that ain't no he crime. That ain't no crime. I like it. That's true. I think that's a good move as well. Um, who have you got at number nine? Devin Booker for the Hornets. Oh. Since the outside shooting. Me too. They need a shooter. 
it seems that way because so many so many mocks have him at that position. It feels like it's it's one of those done deals. A bit like Mitch McGarry to this to the Thunder. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And look how well that's and, worked out. Hey, he's a great cheerleader. He's something. He owns a bunch of snakes in the grass. <laughs> Who have you got at 10? I think this is another trade candidate. Mm-hmm. I think that Miami might be interested in, uh, you know, with, with Bosch coming back and re-signing um, uh, Drogic and inevitably probably getting Wade back if they decide to keep Well Dang as well. I think they might be looking for veterans. Yep. Sort of bolster their bench, give Cleveland a run. Yeah. Uh, I think whether the Heat keeps this pick or they trade it, I think Stanley Johnson goes to ten. Oh, that's really interesting. I kind of like that. I like that for the Heat. I've got, um, I've got a guy who's who just seems to be rocketing up the boards right now. Uh, RJ Rj Hunter. RJ. He of the yeah when he took the shot about uh, about twenty feet behind the behind the three point line. I love RJ. RJ reminds me of a uh, podcast favorite, Ron Baker. He oh god oh I can't wait till Ron gets drafted yeah. next year. Who's coming back to school and is not available, which is why you've not heard his name the first ten picks. Oh, he would have been exactly. number one on my he'll be number two on my board next year behind Ben Simmons or maybe even number one, but um. I like RJ. I think the Heat need shooting, but I think you're right. They may be looking for vets. They also got burned big time by that Shabazz Napier pick last year. Oh. So. Damn LeBron strikes again. Fucking Le- Damn LeBron ruining things again for a team. Hey. Hey, big, big Napier for me. Just kidding. Just kidding. See you later. So, uh. Look for Zinger. That is a great poor Zinger. Uh, wow, that's fun. Okay, so that's a good, I, a couple of different picks there in the top 10. So, uh, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll to, see. Let's keep it tallied and see who gets the most right. Let's, well, I'll be watching with interest, obviously, tomorrow night. But, um, it's not just the, it's not just the players that they'll pick. It's also the decisions they have to make in terms of the, the roster creation overall. I had, uh, I, I wanted to know from you, it's not just that top 10. There's a lot, there's 30 teams tomorrow night. Uh, trying to work out what 2015-16 looks like for them. What are the most interesting choices you see tomorrow night? Obviously, the top four, they're just looking for value and, and position, and we've spoken about them a fair bit. But but who do you see, which teams do you see having the most interesting choices on draft night? I think uh, <coughs> Nick's at the top of the list, whether or not they'll, they'll take Fort Zinger or they'll trade the pick. Or they'll uh, they'll take I don't know like Frank Kaminsky number four just do something wild. Now, how much how much input do you think Derek Fisher has in that uh, in that war room? Uh, absolutely uh, not. How much impact uh, do you think James Dolan has in that uh, in that war room? I don't know if James Dolan he might forget to show up to the war room. He might have a gig that night. He might be yeah he might be playing the sax somewhere <laughs> upstate. So you think this is just all Phil? I mean, Phil just seems so pissed right now. He seems in such a bad mood. Do you think Isaiah Thomas is lurking under the table in the war room? Just pop out next pick? <laughs> he could. I don't know. He just Phil seems like he's got some bad heartburn, or there's something. There's something not quite right with Phil Jackson. I could, I could see a scenario where Phil is in his you know big soft chair that protects his back in the war room, trying to decide who to pick. They're on the clock, and they take Porzingis. They take Zonia just to piss off Carmelo Anthony. What do they do? And you got Isaiah at the table, 
Seems to be a bad, a bad uh, option. Um, but plausible. But po- absolutely plausible. I don't know if you saw this, the rumor today that he might actually be picking <laughs> five foot one uh, Lady Gaga because he was at Radio City at a Lady Gaga concert on Monday night. Phil. Phil. <laughs> when he probably should have been looking at some tape and talking to some scouts. No, he was he was at the Lady Gaga concert. Maybe trying to clear his head. Who knows. Well, I've got another team. I've got another team that I think uh, have a really interesting choice ahead of them tomorrow night, and we've we've spoken a lot about them on this podcast already. The Sacramento Kings. My question is: Can anyone there make a rational decision? Do you have faith in uh, in Vlade? Do you think? And do you think he's the most important voice in the room? It's a really good question. Possibly not. And also, Rick how bad? Going to drop draft as one of his daughters that he was testing out the four on five with. <laughs> he may. He may. I just wonder if they if if they're this discombobulated a day before, in terms of whether their star is going to be there. How can they make an informed decision? And will they end up taking yet another shooting guard? So having Macklemore, Stauskas, and I don't know, Devin Booker there maybe at number six. That's what I, I see that kind of decision from the Kings. I think I think they're misinterpreting position with basketball, and I love it. Who else do you have making an interesting choice tomorrow night? So after the Kings at two, at number three, I've got the Celtics. Oh, interesting. Picks yep. This, in this first round, and something like as many as eight in the next eight first rounders in the next six years. Yeah. Uh, I think they also have a very early second rounder. They have a lot of stuff to trade. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of assets. Toys. Yeah. Both of which belong to the Nets. Yes. <laughs> For the next three years, they have the Nets first round pick. So if you're the Celtics, are you going all in this year? Do you think this is a year when you want to move up? Uh, they've got 16, and I think, is it 28, maybe? Or 26? Where have I think uh, if they could get, well, I got the, uh, got the order here, so... Um, they're at their second pick is 28 mm-hmm. they also own 33 the first pick in the second round mm. interesting um, so they can put a package together along with any of those net picks to move up maybe for Porzingis I could see them being a uh, Porzingis fan yeah um, if somehow D'Angelo Russell is there at four I wouldn't see the Knicks trading that pick but maybe they could do something with the uh the Lakers, maybe the Lakers more more picks to get up there and, and swap some stuff out. But um, or the uh, the Magic could probably do some best. They got enough young guys on that team right now. Yeah, you'd have to. There, they're going to be wheeling and dealing. Danny is Danny's coming to the table, ready to play. You'd have to think that sixteen, twenty eight, and thirty three, or or some combination of sixteen and one of those picks, plus Avery Bradley plus a first-rounder in the future, is incredibly enticing to one of those top four teams. Not the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are out of the, out of the conversation. And the Sixers don't like to, don't like to trade for, a, for, for vets or trade down like that. But, but, uh, but certainly the Lakers or the Knicks 
Well, maybe even the Kings could be interested in a deal like that. I think, uh, yeah, uh, you look at the Nuggets. I mean, if Moutier is the best player available for them, mm-hmm. um, they aren't sure if they're going to ship out Ty Lawson. Maybe they, they make a trade. Yep. Uh, Stan Van uh, might want to do business with his old team. Yep. Uh, you know, Pistons, Pistons are, are young and could use a player, but they could also use some depth. So, I don't know, I think the Celtics will be players. Um the other two I got on my list are the uh, the Nugs at four, just because I don't know what the hell this team is doing yep. in any way, shape, or form. I mean, at least they're they're not dysfunctional like the Kings, but they got a lot of players that are just okay. They're hiring a lot of Kings of ex Kings staff right now. Yes, they're they're also trying to cultivate a Kings like culture there. <laughs> they're trying to cultivate a Kings court. Yeah. So they're, I think they're 15th. They're 15th. Pretty high for a team that won a conference in yeah. the regular season. Absolutely. And I think it'll be a preview of where their free agency priorities are because Millsap and Damari Carroll are both free agents. Mm-hmm. And I think they could look to pick somebody uh, to potentially step in and replace one of those guys. Maybe a Trey Wilds if they're wanting to move away from Millsap or a, a Kelly Oubre if they're yep. moving away from Damari. Yep. I love that. Yeah, I think the Hawks are very interesting to have a team that a team that, that they just need a piece. They need a good a, a star piece. Um, I love Frank the Tank in Atlanta. Uh, I had a couple of other teams that I thought were, had some interesting stuff to, to to decisions to make tomorrow. Obviously, the Celtics we spoke about, the Pacers um, I thought were interesting. Larry Bird seems to have moved on from Roy. Um, so, but they're, they're also the kind of team that hasn't really found themselves in the lottery recently. So I was interested in whether they're going to stick in there, grab a guy, whether they'll trade, trade out, whether they'll trade up, maybe, uh, it's a possibility. I kind of like Frank the Tank on that team, actually, just dropping outside of the top 10. Oh, yes. You know, a bit more, they're looking for mobility with their bigs, and, and I think Frank the Tank on the paces with, with another, another... Frank named person, Frank Vogel. Uh, I think he fits really nicely there. I think um, this would be an ideal place for Willie Colley Stein. Yep. If, uh, if he's still around, I don't think he will be. Could I be. I also like um, Cameron Payne here, mm-hmm. the point guard from Murray State. Now, the question about Cameron Payne is is he the next small school point guard like Damian Lillard, or is he, uh, uh, what was the rage of Cajun that the. Uh, the match took last year. Alfred Payton, yeah, he could be. I wonder. I worry that that's not enough of an upgrade there with George Hill. But yeah, I think that he could be interesting. Uh, the, the next team I have on my list of interesting choices, I think, could be a really great Cameron Payne spot, which is uh, the Thunder. Um, but uh, I don't know if he'll still be on the board at that point. But again, the Thunder is one of these teams where it's their first chance for quite a while in the lottery. Uh, what do they do with that pick? They've kind of proven themselves to be a little uh, reluctant to to pick rookies recently and not great in that front office in, in their decision-making. Mitch McGarry was their last, uh, kind of their latest failure. But what do you think the Thunder do down there at 14? Trade the pick. Yeah. You think... I think they'll want another uh, a guy that can come in and trade it for somebody that's a rotation player. Um, maybe like an Amon Shepard type player that... Uh, 
Wait, do you see a trade between the Cavs and the Thunder of the 14 pick plus Dion Waiters for Ian, Iman Shumpert? Do you think you see Waiters going back to the Cavs? I don't know. Just thinking. Just thinking out loud. Miles. Thinking out loud as options. Why, why couldn't Dion and Jr. been on the team together? Oh, that would have been God. Just two guys. Just so many ball handlers there. I can see both those guys in the Kings actually. Let's just get every. Are the Kings are your favorite team. Uh, they if, we'll we'll see. We'll know in two or three weeks. Uh, the, la- the last team I'm really interested to see what they do is is. Uh, picking at 12, the Jazz, and as you know, I've got a, a Jazz soft spot myself, uh, the home of, of the great Dante Exum, but um, picking at 12, they've got they've got a fairly set lineup now suddenly. They had that, they sort of came on towards the end of last year, and uh, and all the positions seem set, so there's a lot of Trey Lyles talk maybe going to the Jazz, there's some Stanley Johnson talk going there, but... Uh, I like RJ RJ Hunter, I like on that team as well. Actually, some shooting. Get some shooting in there. I think if, if Devin Booker was on the board, it'd be perfect for him. But I yeah. think he'll be there. Uh, RJ Hunter, probably your next uh, best three point uh, three point shooter. Um, there's point guards left on the board that you could use to replace um, uh, not Dante, but Trey Burke. Uh, Trey Burke. Yeah. If uh, you think Dante can play shooting guard, uh, I think it's time to move Dante over to. The point guard full-time, though. The, the point guards that are left on the board just too early to take them. So you don't think... You you would go with a shooter over a big for, for Utah? I think uh, I think with the stifled talent, with, with Rudy Gobert and with uh, Joe Inglis and... Um, Derek Favors. Party Favors. Party Favors. Yeah, with Party Favors, they've got, they've got enough size right now. I the the one guy if he's still there I would love to see there is again Frank the Tank I think Frank the Tank in Utah coming off the bench would be would kind of really add a an element there um, but uh, but we'll see I I also like Stanley Johnson I I did a bit of personal scouting of Stanley this year great athlete um, and could back up Gordon Hayward when Hayward's off the off the court so um, so yeah I mean a lot of interesting stories tomorrow. We've talked a lot, a little bit, or actually a little, a lot about trades. Uh, what position do you see the first trade coming at tomorrow night? I think it could be pick four uh, if if Towns or Ford Russell are all gone. Uh, I think you, I think you will see at least one trade within the top eight. Interesting. You don't think more than that? You don't think two? I think it, you could see two. The one thing I don't think... I think every team should be required to trade a pick every two years. That's a great rule. That's revolutionary. We do the inverse. There's a whole thing now where you can't trade consecutive first-round picks. Yeah. I think you should have to trade one out of every two first-round picks. I love that. I love that rule. Uh, One team we haven't spoken about, speaking of innovators, one team we haven't spoken about a lot is the Sixers at the three spot talked a little bit about who they might take. Do you see them moving? I thought they, they could be a trade candidate there to move down uh, and, and and collect some more, um, some more hinky assets. Would they try to trade number three for the entire uh, second round? I think they would. I think that's that's exactly the move they would do. Uh, I think they could definitely trade for two second rounders and 
and a future protected top 15 protected first or something like that. I don't know. It just seems that like there's so much interest in these top four guys. Um, now, they may I got something here. Uh, a report out of Boston tried to trade for number three. Oh. And they have they offered it was shot down by the Sixers, which makes me think they might want to win games someday. One day. Um, they offered Marcus Smart, yep. Kelly Olenek, number sixteen, and a third player to be named for Nerland Noel at number three. Blockbuster trade. I don't I don't That's fully believe it. That is huge. I don't fully believe it. I don't. I don't believe they would put Marcus Smart on the table. Oh no! The, the, the Celtics put this out there. The Sixers is that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get the number three pick, which they would presumably use on Russell, and then have Nerlens Noel as the starting center. Oh, what a massive TR for Kelly Olynyk, uh, Smart, and sixteen. I guess Danny Ainge is. I, this is what you do in fantasy football all the time. I guess you start with a massive. Massive TR, and then just gently move your way upwards. But he might have closed the door. They can't say no until you ask. That's true. He, they, but they might have closed the door to trading after something that that egregious. Uh, that's interesting. You know, you know the, the Sixers. They're looking. They're looking five years out, and uh, they're they're always looking ahead. They're looking down the road. Sometimes too far down the road. But if you look down the road. Uh, you, uh, we've got some categories, right? Sort of five years superlatives. We we do. We've got five years, five years out of this draft. I I the five year the five year reunion of this draft class. I mean, it would be I'm interesting. Go add, I'm gonna go ahead and add one on here. Go on. Because uh, like at, like every reunion, you always take bets on who will gain the most weight in that time. We we didn't have that one listed here. That's an excellent uh, one. That's actually going to double. My answer for that one's going to double with one of my other one of the other categories here, but. Uh, uh, the bankrupt category is actually going to be the guy who who I think is going to have put on the most weight. But uh, but let's start at the top. Who do you think is going to be the biggest, baddest banger out of this uh, out of this 2015 draft class? I think it's got to be uh, someone that my good friend and cousin cousin Dan has uh, scouted personally, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh wow! And it's a it's a cop out. It's an easy answer, uh, but. As we get further down, you'll see there's a, I have a second candidate that could emerge. See, I read... Uh, I think that was my sleeper. I read, I read this, the biggest, baddest banger. I think Carl Towns is going to be a big banger, and he's going to be very successful. But the biggest, baddest banger out of this draft... Is Montrezl? Montrezl Harrell could... I'm, I'm recounting my, my award. <laughs> Give it to Montrezl. It could be Montrezl. I, I had Montrezl as, <laughs> as the, the number one big, bad banger here. He... He banged all through his college career as if he was playing in the NBA. And he's got... He can jump out of the gym, as they say. And he is just fucking terrified to come up again. So, I think... I'm sold. I'm sold on Montrezl. I'm recounting my, recasting my vote. You know, I would love to see Montrezl in... Uh, or Sacramento would be one place that I'd love to see him. Uh, We're putting everybody on the Kings. Portland? Well, we'll get it. We'll get a shot in a couple of years for sure. But uh, Portland, I like him on as well to maybe replace um, Lamarcus. Different, very different vibe, but but a fucking really bad banger. Miles Turner was a backup, a backup winner for that for me as well. I think he could be a lot better than people are thinking. How do you feel? I feel like this is uh, doesn't make sense because it's too crowded. Yeah. 
think that's too low for Montrez. I see him going. I think he will go in the late teens. What about him in Chicago? I love him in Chicago. They've got a new coach who might actually play some rooks. Um, Hoiberg loves to bang. I think he'd be a perfect fit in Chicago. Plus, who Toronto. else does Chicago need? Toronto, I like him I, there. Am I talking myself into Mont- Montrezl in the lottery? <laughs> if OKC took Montrezl, that would be a lot better than they've gotten out of Perk for the last however many years. I refuse to pronounce his name Montrez. It's Montrezl. It's Montrezl. It's spelled that way. So, uh, I think and he's... I think we've talked each other into the fact that he could be a top 10 player, and he's undoubtedly the biggest, baddest banger in this draft. So then who do you have as the complete and utter disappointment of the five-year reunion? Well, this is very easy. This is very easy. It's two. It's one of two guys. It's either Hazonia or Porzingis. It's one of these two I Euros. After seeing some of the Hazonia highlights today from the EuroLeague, I kind of... I. I f- would feel bad if I ended up with Hazonia here. but So I think I have to go Paul Zinger as well. But you can't tell me that two Euros are going to come in, be picked in the top six, and both be successful. I don't think that's ever happened before. Oh, no. You can, there can only be one. No. So, and maybe none. There's most likely none. But uh, but the Zinger, I think, he he's tall as shit, and he can shoot. But his body looks so frail. He must be 210 pounds, 215 dripping wet. He is. He's a. Uh, just reminds me of. Just reminds me of when uh, the Wizards a few years ago were thinking about taking Clay Thompson, but then they decided no, we need to go with a safe pick and take the lanky European Jan Vesely, who has since been out of the league for two years. I mean, didn't even make it. Didn't even make it to the five-year reunion because he was already gone. It is amazing. It's amazing that people still have these conversations. But the Zinger, I think. So I, I think we're agreed there on the Zinger, right? We agree on the zinger. Uh, okay. I, I, hear a, I hear a rumble. It might wake up your sleeper. <laughs> oh, so, uh, this guy, I I don't know if you've got this same guy here as, as a superstar who who's sleeping in this draft, but uh, I saw him, I scouted him in person this year when he came up here to Seattle to play against UW, and he very much impressed me with, with his athleticism, his fitness, his leap, his energy and his IQ, and it's Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I think he Rondé! could, if he develops a shot, and I know it's a huge if, and, and everyone says you shouldn't have to, you should have developed a shot by now because it's basketball, but uh, if he can just work on his shot a little bit, I think he could be a top top two or three star out of this draft. I, uh, I think he's a rich man's Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. He uh, could be a big pickup for fantasy Who have you got as your sleeper? I have taken way, way back in the back of the closet to pull out the old, the old air mattress for this guy. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> people have really fallen asleep on him. But I think you're going to get really excited when you hear his name because you probably forgot about him. You probably forgot he was in this draft. I may have. I think he's going to sneak in to one of the last picks in the first round. I think, uh, I think the, uh, if the Celtics don't make a trade, he could potentially be at number 28. I also maybe like him as the Lakers pick at 27. Um, do 
Do you remember a man named Big Cliff Alexander? Oh my god, Cliff! I had forgotten I'd forgotten about Cliff completely. He dropped off everyone else. Did he play college did he play in college this year? He played half a season at Kansas but then they uh they ruled him ineligible for some contact with some agents or something. I'm just looking him up right now. That's so interesting. I forgot about Cliff, but he was he was kind of earmarked. He had a really shitty start to the season, I'm remembering now. But uh, he was earmarked as a top five prospect. What happened to... Yeah. How did he take drop a flyer, off? Take a flyer on Big Cliff in late in the first round. God, I've been... I've, I've been exhausted. I'm so exhausted. I've been sleeping so much on Cliff. That could be huge. Look, I think, I think Cliff, five years from now, is going to have some money in his bank account. He's going to be banging. Uh, he could actually end up being the biggest, baddest banger. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I love uh, I love big clips. I think any any Kansas player for a uh, an award, but he was good enough at Kansas to get himself suspended. So I, I figured I was okay with it. So you got Cliff uh, as you, you got Cliff as your sleeper. Uh, so we disagree there. You got Cliff. I got Rondé. But I, I totally agree that Cliff could be could be huge. Who have you got as your um, your guy who'll possibly be bankrupt, like mon- monetarily uh, bankrupt in five years' time out of this draft? I think this. I think this. Now let me explain my logic here. Biggest sure thing in this entire draft. Wow. Speaking of Kansas, this is a gentleman who's from the state of Kansas, did not go to school there. Yeah. Went to Kentucky. Yep. Never trust a man with a neck tattoo with money. <laughs> Billy Collie Stein will be bankrupt in five years. That's, that's so interesting. That you could be right. You know, he's got that he's got that foot injury uh, that kind of keeps recurring and creeping up there. Uh, he looks. He looks like he could be woeful with money. Um, he's got a neck tattoo. He's got a neck that's tattoo. Money on. I love that. I think that's a yeah. If we can get money on that, that's not a bad deal. I'd like uh, to see early action on that. Who would you put money on not having money? Well, I've got another banger for you. Funnily enough, it's it's funny. The bangers, you know, they often have the most struggle with the with the cash. Um, and it's a guy. Who's Yerbo, a, is it Yerbo? It is not. It's not Guillermo. It's uh, it's seven foot shot blocking wonder Bob Upshaw. Like big Bob. Big Bob. I think he will get drafted. I think he'll get drafted in sort of the middle of the second round. You can't not. You can't leave a guy who can shot that many block uh, block that many shots undrafted. Uh, he had a he broke the UW shot blocking record. And he got suspended before the season was halfway through, or thrown off the team before the season was halfway through this year, and he'd already just, broken uh, the shot blocking record. I'm scrolling through uh, Draft Express's uh, mock, which does not have uh, Bob. Oh no, they do have Bob going. Sorry, his name is Robert. Robert. And a 45 year old from the Celtics. Yep. Just behind his name is a, a Jack Daniels ad, so I feel like that's appropriate. That is perfect. Uh, He's had his struggles. He's had his struggles. If he can get on the straight and narrow, he is a he would be a force in the league. I don't know how successful he's going to be, and that's why I've got him as my bankrupt pick right now. Look, just to, just to wrap up this section, I have a um, I just want to do something here. Go on. That uh, it's it's both factual, but it could also be considered as performance art. Now, these are people. Uh, these are all bangers. These are all centers. Yep. That Draft Express has going somewhere between thirty second overall. 60th overall. I'm just going to read these names for you. Go on. Starting with Guillermo Hernan Gomez. 
Arturus Guditus, mm-hmm. Nikola Milotinov, mm-hmm. Rakim Christmas. Love Rakim. Mohamedou Jida, Takari <laughs> Johnson. Uh, hold on, there's more good ones in here. Satnam Singh. <laughs> Satnam Singh. Oh, the Indian, yeah. He's good. And uh, Nikola Radicevich. A lot oh. of Euros. A lot of Euros this draft. A lot of Euro bangers. They could... Anyway, I, I, I thought we'd get that out there. You know what's interesting about all those guys? I can see every single one of them on the Kings this year. Well, can, can the 76ers... I heard they're like an investigator for something. Can we like violating something in the, uh, the uh, collective bargaining agreement? Can they fold all their second round picks to the Kings? Absolutely. Absolutely. That should be their punishment. I'd love to see it. They have a lot of picks coming up. And I'm sure they'll trade them for even more picks. Um, do you? You said you had a fatty, a fatty award here. Who would be the? Who would put on the most weight between now and, and the five year reunion? Who have you got for that? I uh, well, I think if things go south for Cliff, they'll also go uh, east and west. <laughs> he's, he's one. Um, you know, I uh, I uh, I gotta say, I think that. Well, the easy answer is Julio before. We know he struggled a little bit with his weight. Yeah. The funniest answer is Frank Kaminsky. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be amazing. The funniest answer. That would be um, great. I'm, I'm going to go, though, officially with Jarrell Martin. Oh, wow. Uh, he was a power forward in, in college at LSU. He um, built more like, in terms of height, a small forward and, and a little bit of a tweener, mm-hmm. uh, projecting him to go in mid mid-20s. He, uh, I think he's going to put on some pounds. If you just, just look at his frame, if you Google him and search it, the, uh, you know, the frame is there. The frame is there for the fatty. Well, that's, I think that's an option. I also think Porzingis, once he gets into this American food over here, could go from, from skinny to fat very quickly. In our dreams. In our, in our dreams. dreams. It's going to be an exciting night. It's going to be a great night. Make sure you tune in. Will you be live tweeting the draft? I will be live tweeting. Uh, I may throw a blog up. Who knows? Uh, all I know is this will definitely be up before the draft. Uh, so you can get all your tips from this uh, before you watch. Check it out. Adam, you'll be watching, obviously. Uh, you're going to post up somewhere and maybe get involved in a Nets or Knicks draft watch party over there? Uh, you know, I'm just going to go somewhere where I can put it all on purple. Go Kings. Go Kings. <laughs> Go Kings and, and make sure you tune, tune into the Dingo to see, go live inside that uh, that Dings war, that uh, Kings War Room uh, as we it, we get our mole in there. Is it the draft at Barclays Center? So I just try to sneak in. I believe it is. So maybe you could just you could go scout it for yourself. I don't know if Vlade's going there. If he's going to do it from Sacramento, I think they usually do it from Sacramento. But uh, tune in. Thanks for listening again to the Dingo Unchained. Adam, thanks very much for joining us. Long live Tebow. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you again uh, next week. I'm sorry. I'm extremely sorry. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. And you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. And you never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season.